Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, as we gather on this, this Christmas Eve, 2021, but we do so uh, as a people with great hope, a people possessing every reason to have joy, an understanding of peace, recipients of love, and those commissioned to take the good news of the gospel to a lost and dying world. Lord, I pray that this story, this event, this truth that happened over 2,000 years ago and that was ordained before the foundations of the world were even laid, that this good, good story, this old story will never grow old to us that we will continually stand in awe of who you are and who, what you have done and what you are going to do. Not just what you have done for us, but what you allow us to be a part of, who we are as your children. And for those who, who are not yet your children, Lord, I pray that they will repent and believe in Christ as their only hope in life and in death. Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, go ahead and open your Bibles with me, young and old, or young and mature, to the Gospel of, of John. And as you do, I want to wish again everyone a very merry Christmas. If you are a guest with us this evening, Welcome. We, we're so thankful and humbled that you have chosen to worship with us uh, here this evening. If we can answer any questions for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Shoot us an email, send us a phone call, find us on Facebook, grab us after the service. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions that you'll have. Um, you're going to find, and to some of you are going to be like, amen, thank you. Tonight's message will be shorter uh, than normal. Um, so, uh, but with that, you're also going to find that in the shorterness, if that is a phrase that we can use, um, of this sermon, I'm also going to be directing my attention to the children in the room. So how many children do we have in the room this evening? They've all been told before they come in to be really good and really quiet and, and listen and pay attention, and I appreciate this. Um, but children, I'm going to need your help tonight, all right? It does not mean that this message isn't for adults. It is very much for adults. But it, it is simple enough for a child to, to understand and deep enough for even the greatest of theologians to, to continually rejoice in the truths that we were going to be looking at this evening. So if you are a child in the room um, or consider yourself to be a child in the room in the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of youth. Um, go ahead again, raise your hand real high. If you're a child or consider yourself to be a child in the room, raise your hand. All right, I see a lot more hands going up on that last addition uh, to, to it, and that's great. And I, and I say that, again, because I need your help this evening. Um, and if, if you can help, if you can help tonight, then... Um, I'm going to have a candy cane, 
um, and some cookies um, available after the service. As if, of course, if your parents, it's okay with your parents. I'm making the parent the bad guy um, here. Um, put you on the spot, parents. But they're going to be available in the back after the service. Um, so we'll have those available. Um, but here's what I'm going to do. Does, does that sound good, the cookies and the candy canes? Does that sound good? Like always, right? And if there's more for adults, then you can have them, or the child at heart, you can have those as well. But here's what I need you to do. I'm, I'm going to ask a lot of questions this evening. More questions than normal. So for those of you who are new with us, I ask a lot of questions throughout my sermons. But tonight, the difference is, these aren't just rhetorical questions. Like, I want you to answer out loud. All right? Okay. So if you, if you know the answer, or even think that you know the answer, like, answer out loud as we go through the sermon. Um, all right, can, can you do that part? Are we, are we good? Okay. All right, so I'm gonna, this, is, this is a warm-up question, okay? What holiday are we celebrating tonight and tomorrow? Very good. All right, so we gave it the practice try. You passed. We're, we're ready to move on. And um, again, parents, moms, dads, grandpas, grandparents, if they hold back, and by the sound of it, I don't think they're going to hold back tonight, all right? But if they do, help me out, because this is either going to work really well or it's not, <laughs> okay? All right, so uh, this is one of those things we're going to try, we're going to give it a go, um, but let's get started, all right? First question that we have, if someone makes a promise to you, what do you expect them to do? To keep it, right? You expect them to keep the promise. Yeah. You expect them to, to keep the promise that they've made. Now, have you ever made a promise to someone and not kept it? And they get really quiet there. <laughs> we, I think we all have made a promise to someone and not kept it. So I think the answer is yes there for, for all of us, not just for the children, but for moms and dads as well. But do you know who has never, ever, 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 ever failed to keep a promise? Jesus, right? God has never failed to keep a promise, ever. Which tells us something about the God of the Bible, doesn't it? You know what it tells us? It tells us that we can trust him. We can trust someone who's never broken a promise before. That means we can trust him. And, and that's important because tonight we're gathered in this room. And tomorrow we're, we're celebrating God keeping a very important promise. Now, have you ever thought of Christmas like that? Have you ever thought of Christmas in that, in that of the celebration of God keeping a promise? Well, that's exactly what Christmas is. See, a long, 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 long time ago, actually it goes all the way back to the very, very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the what? The earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And do you know, this may be a, this may be a tough one, do you know how he did it? Do you know how he created? He spoke by simply by, by speaking, Right? He spoke, and everything came into existence. So uh, he said, let there be light. And what was there? There was light. That's very good. He said, let there be plants. And there was what? Plants. And, and he said, let there be creatures. And there were what? 
creatures, that's right. And there were like creatures like fish and birds and monkeys and giraffes and sloths. <laughs> I love a sloth, right? Like, like just all kinds of koalas and all these cool little animals, all of it. And then what was the very last thing he made? That's right, he made people. He made people. And all right, another tough one. What were their names? Adam and Eve. That's right. He created Adam and Eve. And you know what, what they got to do every single day? That's right. They got to walk and talk and spend time with God. Now, how cool is that, right? Like every single day, they got to walk and talk and to spend time with God face to face. Are we able to do that right now? See God face to face? We're able to walk and talk with him in, in ways through his word, but we're not able to see him face to face. But that's the way it was supposed to be, to be able to walk with him face to face, which brings about another really important question. Like, if that was the way it was supposed to be, then what happened, right? Why can we not see God face to face? Why can't we walk with him and talk with him face to face right now? Anybody know the answer? That's a proud papa right there. <laughs> because we sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's right. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were no longer able to walk and talk with God face to face. Not at all. No longer able to see him. No longer able to fellowship with him. You know why? Because God hates sin. He hates sin. So because of their sin, Adam and Eve were, were removed from the presence of, of God, removed from the garden. And here's what's really, really, really sad. There was nothing Adam and Eve could ever do to enter back into his presence on their own. They could never be good enough. But you know what God did? He made a promise. He made a promise. He made a promise right then and there that he would make a way for his people to enter back into his presence again and to make all the wrongs in the world right. And that's really, really good news. Why? Because God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. And what I want us to do tonight is to look at how God keeps this promise, how he brings us back into his presence. So open your Bible to John chapter 1. It's going to be on the screen as well. You can follow along with your parents. We're on the screen. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to, to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, as we continue, do you remember Here's, here's, we've got to remember, recall what we've already looked at before, okay? What were the first three words of the Bible? All right, in the beginning. First three words, and now, where were those located? Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. And in the beginning, God did what? Yeah, he created the heavens and the earth. That's right. Very good. But now look. What are the first? Look at John 1.1. 1, 1, and look at the very first three words in John 1.1. 1, 1. What are those words? In the beginning. That's right. Now, why do you think that is? Well, it's because God is teaching us something really important through John's gospel about Jesus and about God's promise because how did God create everything in the beginning he spoke through his what his word that's right so he, he created by by speaking all right so remember that, that that remember that that how he created through his word and let's look at verse what verse one tells us in the beginning was the what the word and the word was with who? God. And this, this is really important. And the word was who? God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And do you know who the word is? He's Jesus. That's right. He's Jesus. Jesus is here, this is Jesus before he was born, which tells us what about Jesus? That Jesus is who? Jesus is the son of God. And then verse 3 telling us all things were made through him. And then verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Light doing what to the darkness? Overcoming it. And now, darkness can be scary, right? But if you have just a little bit of light in your room, how many of you have a nightlight in your room? I have a nightlight in my room. It helps me like not stumble when I get up at night, right? Like, so if you have just a little bit of light in that room, what, is it, what does it give you? It gives you hope, right? Kind of makes it less scary than in the darkness. Now, do you know what the darkness can't do? Uh, it seems like he's gotten the notes to the message. <laughs> it cannot overcome the light. The darkness loses to the light every single time. Every time. So this tells us that Jesus wins. Jesus is the light. Darkness is overcome by the light, which means that the light overcomes the darkness, which means Jesus wins every time. Who likes to be on the winning team? Raise your hand. All right? Jesus is the victor. That's what verses 1 and 5 are, are telling us. 
But then verses 6 through 8 tell us about another man sent from God. And his name was what? Right? His name was John. He is not the light. Now, some people thought he was, right? Some people thought he was the light, which tells us something really good about how he lived. If people think that you're the light, if they're thinking that you are the Christ, there's like, well, there's something different about how you're living your life for sure. So they're thinking John may be him, but John's not the light. He's being very clear. I am not the light. What did he come to do, though? Verse 7, he came as a witness to tell the people about the light. Why? That all may believe, believe in Jesus, who God was sending into the world. See, John's entire purpose, the reason that he was on this earth, was his life was to point people to who? To Jesus. That's his entire purpose, to tell people how God was going to keep his promise to bring God's people back into his presence. Because that's what Jesus came to do. To bring God's people back into the presence of God. But when Jesus came, and think about this, and remember he he came into the world that was created through him. So he created, everything was created through Jesus, and then he comes into the world, right? But guess what the world didn't do? They didn't know him. They didn't believe in him. We're told that they, they rejected him. Even his own people, his fellow Israelites, his own family did not receive him. Which is really sad, isn't it? Like his own family didn't receive him. Didn't believe in him. But for those who did receive him, for those who did believe in him, those who truly believed him to be God with skin on, you know what he did? He gave them the right. To become children of God. To be God's children. Not by being good. Not because they had the the right parents. But by the grace of, of God. And you know what God's children will get to do one day again? We'll get to see him face to face. We'll be able to walk and talk and be with God in the presence of God forever. And that's what Jesus makes possible. This is what we celebrate every single Christmas. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen the glory, the glory of a son from the father full of grace and truth. So now a quick review. This isn't a test, all right? But kind of is, all right? We're going to come back and review everything we just looked at with a series of, of questions, all right? Now, Bryant, you've done a really good job tonight. Now, I'm going to ask you to see if we can let somebody else speak before you do on this one. Can we do that one? All right. But if they don't, you chime in. Got it? Capiche. Thanks, sir. Now, who is Jesus? Yes, Jesus is God. Jesus is God with skin on. Verse 1 makes this perfectly clear in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us now who were all things made through God made all things he spoke and they were made through who 
Jesus, the Son of God, right? All things were made through him. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him not anything was made that was made. Now, was Jesus the light, or was he the darkness? The light, very good. He was the, y'all listened really, really well tonight. He was the light, and Jesus is the light of the world. And as the light, he brings true life. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And here's what's really awesome about Jesus' light. It shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this, is a, this may be a tricky one. What is our job? What is our job as Christians? To, to tell people about who? That's right. Our job is to shine the light of Jesus in the world, in the darkness. See, like John, we're not the light, are we? No, we're not the light. But like John, we're able to shine the light of Jesus. We're able to tell others about Jesus, bear witness about Jesus. And when one person does that, one single person does that, like one candle in a dark room, can you see that candle? You can, can't you? Now, will that one candle light up an entire dark room? Like if this room was completely dark, would one candle be able to light it all up? No, it wouldn't, would it? But it would give somebody hope, wouldn't it? Like if you were in the very back of a dark room and you were trying to get out and there was one candle to look at, that would give you hope to follow that candle, right? It would give you some comfort in the midst of the darkness. But now, what if the whole room was full of candles? Like every single person had a, a candle. and Would it light up the room better? Yeah, now maybe not like these lights here that's shining down, but a whole room of candles, you're able to see all the way around the room, right? Oh, how I wish that we could be able to light candles and have like a candlelight service, but, but we can't. But that's the glorious thing about the church. Like one individual Christian can bring hope in a lost and dying world. But what about an entire church going out with the light? An entire church being representative candles in the world. Not, not just hundreds, but thousands and millions of Christians shining light into the darkness. And the more light that shines, what happens? What happens to the darkness, the more light that shines? It dispels the darkness. The more light we have, the less dark we have. But sadly, does everyone believe in Jesus? No. Some people will reject Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. They rejected Jesus then, and they will reject him today. And we want to continue to pray for those people, don't we? We want to pray that they will hear and believe the good news of the gospel. And by God's grace, some get to hear. Because what's the good news of God's promise tell us? What does God promise? What's the good news that God promises? Some people will hear and they will what? They will believe. Some people are going to hear, they're going to see the light, they're going to hear of the light, and they're going to they're believe in Jesus. And by God's grace, through their belief in Jesus, they will become what? God's children. They will become God's children. They will enter into God's family forever, not by their good works, 
but by the work of Christ, by believing in Jesus. Why? Verse 7, or number 7, because we have seen his glory. Glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we've believed. And again, that's what we're celebrating this Christmas. That's what we're celebrating every Christmas. The good news of God keeping his promise. Jesus, the Son of God, taking on flesh and bringing sinners into God's family forever. And so as we close tonight, I ask you, is this you? Do you know the grace and the truth of Jesus? Do you believe him to be your only hope in life and in death? If so, praise the Lord. We have every reason to celebrate and to give thanks this Christmas season. If not, oh, there's no greater thing that I'd like to talk with you about than the good news of Christ, the good news of the gospel, how you can see and know the glory of God for yourself. Children, you have done a fantastic job this evening. But as you go and open up presents, maybe tonight or tomorrow morning and throughout the day, let's think about Jesus. Not to be cliche here, but he doesn't come just as a, as a, as a present, as a gift, though he is a gift. But the gift that we have is to be able to have the presence of God, to be able to walk and to talk with him forever. And that's what we celebrate, an old story that never gets old, the good news of the gospel. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Christmas. I thank you for childlike excitement, childlike energy and zeal. Lord, I pray that each one of us will, will have that. Go and to share and to tell and to proclaim this good news to a lost and dying world. Lord, there's much on our hearts and much on our minds and much that we could be anxious over. Oh, but Lord, we look to you, the God of peace, and we say thank you. We look to you, the God who brings joy, and we say thank you. Oh, we thank you for the love. Thank you for the hope. We thank you again for Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. And as we close our time together this evening, let's do so by singing some songs that we well know that proclaim what we've already heard this evening.